guy was difficult to be around. And his family was very nice, but he had one brother that was a little, and I mean seriously, he's a little fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And that's the brother one day. I was like in a bad mood, and he started breaking my balls. And I said, listen, do me a favor, go fuck yourself. Then he came over and he goes, he told my brother, go fuck himself, dog. Somebody's got to tell him to go fuck himself. You know, he's just a silly guy. Like, what happened to your Jets? I don't even like the fucking Jets. You know those people yeah, that are yeah, like, yeah. what happened to your Jets? What are you talking about? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm a fucking adult. You know what I'm saying? My fucking jets. Like, I never understood that. Right. So one day, actually, I was in a bad fucking mood. I was out of blow or stop something. Stop it. Stop it. No, and I told him. I said, listen, bitch. I'm not a jet fan, so get the fuck out of here with that jet thing. And then they, uh, I had this deal. I was supposed to go to Arizona. And they, and they kept saying, you can't leave. You can't leave. Like, the F-Series contract is one of the most fucked up contracts ever in SAG. Because it's, it's built for an ensemble group. Uh -huh. So what happens is if Josh Wolf works, I have to work. Whether Josh Wolf shoots or not, whether I'm shooting or not, that's how they get their money out of you. God. They pay you a good amount, but you got to be on the fucking set. So even though I'm not shooting, they'll go, come on down. After fucking 10 hours there for three days without shooting. And you shooting. weren't doing anything? No. You're just in your room smoking dope, you know, watching a movie, whatever. You don't mind, but you start to go down there. So... They fucked with me. They made me go to the. They said, "All right, if you can't, you can't. You don't need to come in, but you have to go to a doctor for a checkup." And they fucking. Uh, I went to the doctor. I went to like this special doctor, and they were they were fishing. What they were doing was fishing. For what? So I went in. Right. <laughs> they weighed me. They checked my blood pressure. And the doctor's like, "I have to look in your ears." And he looked in my ears, and then he looked in my nose, and I heard him go, "Whoo." <laughs> I, I swear to God, he goes, what have you been doing? Like, I got allergies. He goes, that don't look like fucking allergies. So the following week, I had to shoot that scene when I, when I put the jock strap on. Yeah. And I went and, and I interrupted Adam. Like, I, at that point, I didn't give a fuck no more. Like, I didn't even give a fuck. You were there 10 fucking weeks already. This is enough. Right. So I would just walk up to him. He was talking to a bunch of Sony guys. And I walked up to him. I go, listen, dog, I'm doing that scene with no fucking clothes on. Just a jock. And they were like, don't let him do it. And he was like, fuck that, let him do it. But that day, Barry Bernardi yeah. came over to me. He's solid. And he's like, listen, dog, we got the report from the doctor. You got to stop doing that shit. And I, and I was like, I know. And he goes, your fucking back of your throat is raw. Your ears are raw from the blow. And he goes, if you ever took any advice from me, just stop doing that shit. And ever since that time, Jack was always even weirder to me. And then when they were doing that god-awful fucking movie... Which one? With the guy from Napoleon Dynamite with the softball team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, Benchwarmers. We had just finished The Longest Yard. Benchwarmers? It was Benchwarmers. It was, yeah. And I was supposed to go into uh, one day just to visit the set, and they called me an hour before I got there. Jack doesn't want you on the set. So when they put me in the movies, Jack's not allowed to be on the set. So when I do the movies, like I'll see Barry, I'll see all the boys, but right. Jack won't be around or his fucking retarded brother. <laughs> so, I don't give a fuck at this point in the game. They can't do nothing to me that Castro hasn't already done. What's up with you, you sexy? Oh, well, I didn't know it affected your ears. Well, <clears throat> when you snort coke at that rate, you know. By the way, it was a it was a pretty intense rate. It was a rate. It was a rate, and it was uh, no doubt. I'm sure <laughs> it was uh, it was nonstop for a couple yeah. of years, and it burned. You know, when, when you when you do a bump of coke, it changes your voice. Something swells or something locks mm -hmm. up in your throat membranes. Right. 
that's all part of it, you know, all that shit. So it really does affect your throat. It affects your throat, it affects your fucking teeth because all that drip goes into your teeth and it zaps them. Mm-hmm. It zaps the nerve endings. So you gotta, so that's the prolonged use. I just had the fucking throat and the ears popping. So thank God. But what's up with you, you sexy, sexy animal? Well, um, we have a special guest in the studio. I, I see that, but yeah. I'm asking you, what's up with you? Well, nothing. I'm just trying to get through the fucking day, Jay. What happened? Yeah. I gotta you? tell you, I mean, with, with your voice, uh-huh. and then when you add a swear to your voice, it just doesn't match. It doesn't, because your voice is so pure and, and nice. Uh-huh. And then I hear you say fuck, and I'm like, it just, it's like... It's like hearing a clown swear. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't match. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't mean clown like your voice sounds like a clown. Hey. Well, like those two things, like if a clown was swearing at a birthday party, you'd Jeez. be like, well, that doesn't look like it. Imagine your voice sounds so nice and pure and like angelic. Finally, and then, Josh looks at me and says, your voice sounds like a clown. No, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe the clown was a bad example. I'm on the spot. It was the best one I had. Jeez, smooth, but you aren't don't, you? But you don't sound like a clown. But you know what I mean. Like I totally sound like a clown. You know what? Because uh, I've been doing some online dating now and we've beat it to death. But uh, I had this date with this guy and I don't like to talk to people on the phone because my voice, when it's recorded, sounds really light. And uh, so I and I don't want to, you know, uh, text back and forth or none of that stuff. We meet. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I had to call him for something because I wasn't going to be, you know, on time. And he was like, oh. Oh, and like my voice startled him. Like it was like one of those Dateline shows or something like that. He, you know, he freaked out. When you, so you're dating right now. I'm dating right now. Now, if you go on a date with a guy and you like him a lot. Uh-huh. Are you having sex on the first date? No, no, no. How many dates in? How many dates in? Uh, it depends on the guy, but. What's the know, soonest? What's the soonest? Three dates. Three dates? Three dates, yeah. And she gets down with no delay. That's <laughs> <laughs> all over the shot. The third day, so whether she likes you, whether she likes you or not, yeah. you're getting something. Snow no white costume, yeah. the whole she thing. Can't control herself. Yeah. As a matter of fact, this Saturday on Twitter, I got the weirdest fucking tweet. And I was sitting in the hotel, like in the lobby, waiting for the ride to the comedy club. And you're looking for your Twitter, and that's when you really you have ten minutes, so you mm-hmm. really look deep into your Twitter. <laughs> and I seen a twit pic from this I don't know who it was it just said I couldn't see the name I had my little reading glasses I just sometimes people send you a video or a music video or something mm-hmm. live it was a shot of the ugliest pussy I had ever seen in my 49 years of existence do you still understand me the fucking clit was tighter than fuck but everything else was just loose and there was one white hair going to like it like it was doing a comb over of the clit with the white hair <laughs> I looked at it. I thought it was a broken eye. Like, that's what I thought. I looked at it from this way, and I'm like, whose eye is that? Like, you know, I have friends that are fighters, and sometimes they send me pictures. I twist. I'm like, that's Who a... Who cut f-. that eye? I go, well, that's a fucking pussy. That's a real, live, disgusting fucking monkey. Somebody sent me a close-up shot on Facebook. I, I thought it wouldn't... Well, I seriously thought it was a wounded stingray from SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what is wrong with Unless they tell you, yeah. you tell me, like, I have a picture of my pussy work. for you. But if I got to play figure out, like, of your pussy, mm-hmm. like, if yeah. I got to play fucking figure out, like, it didn't have the top either. So she basically uh. spread it out. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't know, that joke of yours didn't work that day because the lighting was perfect. 
Oh, really? Because they even caught a pimple like, in the <laughs> crease of the fucking clit yeah. and the fucking meat thing there. The it, meat thing? Let me tell you something. When you get a picture of your <laughs> pussy on Twitter, it really shocks the fuck well, out Well, people just shouldn't take yeah. pictures of the pussy. The no. hair. Do the hair oh, a little bit. Sink a finger in. Done. No, 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 no. Done. Am I wrong? This, she picked up the bat. And <laughs> no. She took a picture of the original yeah. onion inside. She didn't even show me the hairdo. We're back, bitches, Felicia Michaels. <laughs> Joey Diaz. What's up, you sexy fucking animal, you? Oh, just uh, doing stuff. <clears throat> like uh, We were talking about the online dating. I went on five dates this week. Mm. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not In fucking around. Uh, yeah, well, I did like lunches and then dinners, and I went to see a movie at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I went to see Chinatown. Chinatown isn't the tremendous, masterpiece of all masterpieces. Tremendous, tremendous movie. Like every, How was that line getting into the cemetery? wasn't bad we actually just drove up at 7 30 and went in done yeah. yeah yeah it was awesome uh and what are the guys like that you're dating well they run a a, a whole gamut they uh uh one i thought was an artist but he you know like a painter or something mm-hmm. but then he was a musician and then i uh, went and met some guy in beverly hills that was an accountant but is retired and he's like 47 any hispanic yeah. guys uh i have in the past yeah asian yeah uh, yes, I have in the past, yes. Black? I haven't for a while, yeah. What, <laughs> what are we looking for right now? Uh, how do we, let's narrow it down for you. Maybe if Joey and I can try to find you a date. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> 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 Joey's shaking his head like, fuck this I conversation. I wouldn't on anybody, Joey. That's a backbreaker right there. I am a I little fucked up right now. Are you? I am a little fucked up. Why are you fucked up? Because because uh, uh, I broke up with someone two months ago. We're not going to beat that fucking horse. But last night I went on a date and I was like, blah, with the guy, right? And it was the second date with this guy. And uh, we go back to his house. His kid's asleep upstairs. And so that's a strike against him. And Why so <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I just felt bad, you know? Uh, but he was totally cute and totally fun. And then he's like, so when did you break up? And I was like, oh, about two months ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're just here to fuck. <laughs> like, he was like, but he was funny about it and it made me laugh. So did you? So I let him touch my chichis. That's it? it? I yeah, told so you three it? days. I told you three days. That's why. That's How why. How old is the guy? How old is the guy? He's of my age, my exact age, yeah. How old is that? Uh, in uh, 40s. So 40s? You're a grown-ass man, and all you did was let him touch In this day and age, can you imagine? Oh, my God. A Jew broad hating Italians in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? He gave them lovely kisses. (laughs) I mean. That's fucking crazy. I would stab myself. After she left, I said, I just sucked her tit. What am I? I'm fucking regressing. I would smash that fucking computer. That's right, because some guys, they can't uh, give your breast lovely kisses and fuck those motherfuckers but some guys do and some you just guys go, suck you your let a guy know let a guy have a fantasy you, for 24 hours let you go home and fucking that's fucking crazy I mean that's it can you imagine I maybe that would be tough one the, uh, what I, I mean I'm married so it doesn't matter but that, it's still that, I mean I don't know if I could just go to a, at this age go to a girl's house and just she's just talking waist up I'd be like Fucking you better man. change your fucking prosthetics and shit. Yeah. Pop a swing and dicks, dog. Yeah. From the waist up. Yeah. I just dropped well, fucking 80 you bucks at fucking. Uh, and, and you can only shit. touch me from the waist down. How about that? <laughs> That's cold blooded. And you have to play that at, at, at 40. I can see at 28, you got to suck a tit and go home with a headache. 
But at 40 something, I gotta suck a tit. That's it. You're fucking. I'll never call you, you dirty bitch. Yeah, I don't you think got I, me all fucking fired up again. Really? Yeah. I don't yeah, think I that. will. Well, he has already. So yeah, fuck sure. y'all. Yeah. Yeah. That scares me. That itty bitty titty drove him fucking crazy. That scares me and shit. That scares me. It, it's funny that you. Uh, now, did he try? Anything else, or did you? Was he sure he fucking tried? You're not yeah, gonna stop yes, at the you tent. Know, You're a grown uh, man. Because here's the thing: it is a complete stranger. Let's keep this in mind. The second, second time. day, yeah. So you know, it's a complete stranger. So you have to sniff it out. If you know did if he what he's saying is true, and is it he representing who he is? I mean, you know, it's not a. Did he try to sniff know? it out? Felicia, he's representing pussy. Yeah, that's what are you thinking about it so much? What are you thinking about it so much? You need a stabbing. I know this way. You need somebody to pull your hair I and do. squirt on I your do. back. It's and that's the most sad. important thing. <laughs> and we're family, and I can tell her this way now. No, because I, know. I know. I know. I can get right yeah. to the root of the why, yeah. even, why even fuck around. She just needs a stab, and she yeah. needs to suck a dick. Yeah. She likes to suck it with two hands, and it takes her away like yeah, cow And I did shave. And I respect Everything her. was I quite it. nice. Yeah. So you shaved yeah. it up expecting. You don't I, shave I was like, I was for the an opportunity that I thought was 100%, you know. But you know it killed it because he had his kid there. And, you know, I would hate for his kid to wake How up. How old was kid? Like 10. But he was asleep, on. yeah. He was asleep. Yeah. But I still, but still. How loud are you? You can still suck his dick. I mean, I mean that's yeah. what's that's what's going on. When somebody sucks your dick when there's a kid upstairs, that that's is the real right deal there. right there. Yeah, that's yeah. a real deal. Uh-huh. She's like, do this quick because mm-hmm. my kid mm-hmm. might wake up. Yeah. And there you are. He comes down, <laughs> fucking sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. He like walk the other I way, cock sucking. Mommy's I sucking have, dick. Yeah. No, I I have little boys, so yes, you know. But if you so, shave, you don't shave yeah. unless you're thinking maybe something. I, I thought there might be a possibility because I am only a human being. Felicia's yeah. always ready for war. She's like gladiator. <laughs> she ain't fucking around. She's like the Spaniard. She ain't fucking around. She shows up with that monkey wax. I guarantee it smells like fucking soap. She ain't fucking around. Like so. This is, this is an old freak from the old days. They, remember that? What was that ACDC song? Which she one? She was a fast machine. Yeah. She kept her motor clean. This bitch gets a checkup. She's good friends with the gynecologist. Everything is intact. You ever notice that, bro? The freakiest <laughs> freaks, their pussies are tremendous. They smell great. It's the chicks that don't get dick. Their pussy smells like well, that's Sandusky's they... basement. Uh, Everything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The fucking chicks that use that pussy, that pussy's always scared. Have you ever, have you ever, like, have you ever had a girl smell so badly that you turned around? I was in uh, Idaho. Idaho Springs, Idaho. Was that where, where you sold me for a bag of weed? No, no, this oh. was on a triple one. It had two of the same rooms across the street from one another. And on Thursday nights, the Indian reservation chicks would come. And I was dancing with this Indian chick that was hot, and I was feeling her ass, and she had short shorts on. And I said, I'm going for broke. And I stuck my hand up that snatch, and it was like yogurt. And I took it out, and I was dancing with it, but I could smell my hand eight fucking feet away. Like, I was doing, like, the lawnmower. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is this fucking smell? That was it, though. I've never had really a girl. I turned around at at a belly button once. Really? Yeah. You could smell it that deep? Yeah, and she tried to do the scooch. You know, where she scooched up, and I kept going up with her. And she tried to do the hand on the back of the head, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, it was bad, bad. Really? Like, I, I was, uh, I was doing oh, that. Oh, really? Oh, it was so really? bad. One time, I robbed a chick. Wow. I, I robbed a. a I know you robbed. You robbed I that robbed, Asian chick. I, no, I robbed a white chick from the Laugh Factory. She was heckling Paul Rodriguez, and he threw her out. <laughs> so she was all fucked up. I had like no money, Felicia. 
and I go outside and I had a little bit of coke from Dante and the boys and it was the cut shit uh-huh. it wasn't the shit that they would give me like the shit in a rush they would cut it and give it to me and I'm like man I need every bit of this but I also need to get my dick sucked I like to fucking rail this chick and it's a Monday night at the Laugh Factory and I'm like how am I gonna rob this chick I, I wasn't even thinking of robbing her at first we went to get, <laughs> we went to, I was thinking of getting my dick sucked and I told her I had coke and she goes let's buy some coke so I took her by that liquor store by the Viper room Mm-hmm. on the corner there and we went in there and I had like maybe eight bucks and this was it like you know you have eight bucks for the night no 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 I had eight bucks for life and I got this chick and I'm like what am I gonna do and we go inside the liquor store and at first she's drunk but she's playing the don't buy me nothing routine so when she gets the big bottle of wine she goes in the pocket though she got a stack of hundreds right there I decided this bitch was going down this bitch is going down so we fucked around we drove around we drank I had to go to the brothers and front another fucking package. But the package was so bad, like, that I got, I'm like, I gotta get a good fix. Right. This was like a shitty fix. So she was a, a, a computer programmer that was getting trained, and she was staying at a Japanese. I never told you about this, Joshua. This crazy bitch was staying at a Japanese hotel downtown. That's, yeah, I didn't know that. That had, like, it's Japanese. You walk in and it's high level, but it's Japanese, people bowing, and we pull up, and I got the fucking Ann Mobile. <laughs> with a thousand tickets and I go upstairs and we're upstairs swapping spit and we do coke and I'm like I gotta save this coke because if I don't get the robber I gotta fucking make this work but Dante would close at one he would close at one every right. night he would get pissed if I showed up like at five after one especially with no fucking money he'd really get pissed you know how those brothers get me show up with no dough so I'm like I gotta rob this bitch so we're swapping spit I'm giving a little bumps of my coke She's getting fucked up. I got her pants off. I'm trying to eat her monkey. I would eat half of it, a finger, and then she would start crying. I have a boyfriend in Seattle. Don't worry about it. We'd start all over again. The pussy, the fucking monkey. I finally, but I got her pants down to her ankles, and I'm eating her pussy, and the onion smelled like that sauce they put on a gyro. I'll never forget that. But I kept eating like a soldier because I was robbing this bitch. So I'm eating her pussy, and I'm going through her pant pockets while I'm eating her pussy, right? <laughs> But she had all hundreds on the top. But then she turned it into a Jewish bank. A Jewish bank. And I wasn't looking. She put the middle on the outside. So here I am taking the outside and they're fucking singles. So finally I go into the middle and I pull like a $100 bill. And I had been in that pussy for about six minutes. I was dying. I popped my head up and I go, oh my God, what time is it? I got to go put a quarter in the meter. And I just flew downstairs <laughs> and shot the Dante's and made it there by one o'clock and bought my Coke. And how, she's probably still waiting for me. How many times did you wash your face? I did once when I got it after I snorted the blow. <laughs> Fucking crazy, it's Felicia Michaels. Yeah. I remember that story. <laughs> Felicia Michaels, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're fucking crazy. That's... Now, do you remember that time where Joey used to crash on my couch sometimes? <laughs> and there was one time Joey crashed on my couch and he got up and left the next morning. And Jakey was maybe no, you were saying that the last one when we found the package. Oh, found the package. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With Julia and all that. Julia, the chin. She had no chin, this girl. She had the biggest tits, but no chin. He's. You want to fuck her, but she had no chin. (laughs) Jacob weighed in 6'1, 124. 6'1, 124. That's the skinniest man in the fucking world. I can't not believe it. 6'1, 124. I mean, are you kidding me right now? You know, it's crazy. I uh, got home last week, I was out. And my wife called me. She goes, you're not going to believe it was on TV, Jakey. So I said, tape it. She goes, I'm already taping it. So the next morning I got home, 
and I watched the Chelsea, and it was pretty funny. The kid had a cute kid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm watching this fucking uh, monster, your son, sitting on your lap. Yeah. And people are having a good time around you. They're giggling. And the reason, the first time we brought you in a podcast was to get to that, but we started talking about other shit. So last week it'd be appropriate, especially with what's going on, to bring you on. And I watched it, and I'm watching Jakey, who's taller than you now. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, if people really knew the story. Of him? If people really knew that your story, how it didn't pop up, you know. Houston Alexander is a big fucking black guy. You know who Houston Alexander is? Yeah. One of the biggest fucking blackest guys in the UFC. They threw him out because he couldn't fight on his back, but that motherfucker hit hard. When I met him, I thought he was an okay guy. You know, like I met him and he was, uh, you know, just a black guy from whatever. But then I watched the show about him and he was raising four kids by himself. So to train to be a UFC fighter, he would have to get up at three in the morning and go train for three fucking hours. Then go home at six, dress his kids, get them ready for school. Then at eight, he would drop them off and go drive a UPS truck all day. Then he would do the same fucking shit again. Oh, yeah. He would go to bed at 9.30 at night and wake up at three on five and a half hours sleep. You know, and you think of people going, wow, that's fucking hard. When you want something, that's easy. You know, when you want something. And it's really weird. I'm watching Jakey on the show that day, and I'm thinking, fuck, if people really knew you with the bag, with the hat turned backwards, doing dishes making chicken, cleaning dishes. I mean, nobody washed more dishes than Josh oh. Wolf. I think Josh Wolf loves to wash dishes. Really? I have never seen a man wash dishes. Till this day, if you don't do a dish in front of him, he'll wash it, and he'll be more than happy, but nobody knows the struggle that went into Jakey. And it's so weird, like, I'll smack you in the fucking face, you know? I'll break a window, I could steal a safe, which I've done. <laughs> uh, I've done a lot of crazy things. <laughs> But I had a very hard time when it came to parenting. But when I watched you do it, I would be in awe. Like, listen, man, I've known you a long time. We've had disagreements, whatever, you know. I, I love you dearly. I love your kids. The kids, I'm really their uncle. Jakey, when yeah. it comes to Jakey, I change his diaper and I don't bring it up in front of him. That's embarrassing to somebody who's six foot one, <laughs> 120 fucking two pounds and three ounces. <laughs> so I can say, but the respect I have for you as a father, I, I can never take away from you. Because I was there. I was there when there was nothing. No, nothing. Nothing! When I'm talking about there was $50 between us. And there's three kids, and there's Joey, and there's Fredo, who was broke. And yeah. We split it up, and, and I remember when Jakey... Uh, when we all lived, we, we all slept in one bedroom. Really? Well, not him, but me and the three kids. Uh-huh. And that fucking 90, 150 pound fucking Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that would fucking pull your arm. Like you had to get on top. He would ride you. Oh yeah. He would just say, "Get on by. Come yeah. on. Don't even worry about. You're not gonna work it. You're not gonna push him. No. People could not. He would fucking pull you down the street. So and, I was walking three kids and the dog. And it's very weird to know we catered. Yeah, you know, El but, Cholo. And and I was going through something where I was losing my daughter. And here you were getting a son, and I'm watching this whole thing play out. And I'm watching, like, I'm like, this fucking guy is like an Iron Man. Because not only was he raising the kids, but he was going through a personal Vietnam. We didn't know what was going to happen. Right. We were just doing fucking spots. I mean, you really went into the unknown, not knowing. And here you are, the kids are fucking. Who would have thought? If it was up to me, I thought Jake was going to stay that small forever. Well, you know what, man? Like, um... <clears throat> There were a couple times when I had, and I had talked to my parents about, you know, maybe time for me to quit. 
And they were like, mate, you should get a real job. Like, if you get a real job, you can at least support the kids. Because, you know, I wasn't real. I mean, we were making ends meet, but what, $15 sets at the improv? And, you know, we would steal goat cheese quesadillas from El Cholo. And, you know, that's how I ate from stealing food from where we catered. And also, I used to put the kids in a shopping cart on one aisle at Ralph's. Mm -hmm. And we would load the cart up with lunch. And then they would eat the food. We'd go up and down the aisles, and they'd finish their lunch by the time we get to the other side of the store, and then we would leave. And I remember my oldest son asked me, he goes, is that stealing? I go, no, it's not stealing. You're not leaving the, leaving the store with any food. <laughs> he was like, but it's in my stomach. I'm like, yeah, but we, our hands are clean, nothing in our pockets. But we would eat lunch there, and we would eat dinner from El Cholo pretty much. But, man, when we talked about, I talked about quitting, what it came down to is I felt like if I quit, two things. One, I was never going to get out of that apartment. Because I was, I was not trained to do anything. So I knew this was the best. I, by the jobs I was going to be able to get, this was the best I was going to be able to provide for my kids. Maybe an upgrade a little bit. But this was about, this is as far as I was ever going to be. And then two, if I had quit, like for me, I, I thought that was even a worse lesson. Because they would have looked at me at this age now, unhappy. I mean, they would ask, what the fuck happened to you? And I would have had to tell them I quit. So I, that was my big thing. I never wanted to say I quit. Because I really believed that if I just kept working, something would happen. Something would happen. But the idea of quitting was like, that was something I never wanted them to know that I did. And that was why I didn't. That was really why I didn't. I had to believe that I could get us out of that apartment and, and do it. Because the original plan wasn't, that wasn't the original plan. The original plan was I'm going down, I was in Seattle and I didn't have any kids and I was going to go. And then my ex got pregnant, and then it was just like, well, all right, well, we get that, you know? But we, I mean, look, man, I look back at those times as hard of those, as those were. Like, my oldest son decided that he wanted a room, he, he wanted his own room, mm -hmm. so he cleared out the floor in the closet. And it was one of those sliding, you know, with the mirrors, mm -hmm. and that was his room. So he would say goodnight, and he would shut the <laughs> <laughs> And then my daughter would be like, when I get older, can I get a room like Trevor? I'm like, yeah, well, see if I can find another closet in the apartment. <laughs> but we all slept. I remember my father came in once and he saw like, you know, in those apartments, the kitchen is the living room, is the dining room. And it wasn't the neatest place in the world. And there was like, there was a crib and sleeping bags on the floor in the bedroom. And he looked at me, he was like, you know, you're about this close to being Puerto Rican. He was like, <laughs> yes, yes, he was yes. like what is going on in here? But, uh, yeah, man, like, when, that, when I finally moved out of the apartment and moved into that first house, I, I could not even believe it. Like, I had my own room, and the kids had their own room. I could not even fucking believe it. It was amazing. I stayed up, must have stayed up for two days straight. Just like, this is, look, look at this, walking around up on that hill. You remember that house? Yeah. Are you, I, you had to come up and grab me out of that house. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That yeah. One night. yeah. But it was, uh, it was just really, you know, when you have problems, you look at things and you go, well, I'm going to do this today. And then 18 months passes and you're like, wow, I went through that. I just went through that. But that was the, that was the whole. That was the. That was the whole thing for me was like, I got to get up because I got to get up. Because if I don't get up, nothing's going to happen today. I got to get up. And I knew that tomorrow would happen. 
I just had to get up today and then I took it one day at a time. And what I really did, man, like, and what I try to teach my kids to do, which they're too young to understand, I say, I always tell them, set three goals during the day. I don't care if one of the goals is eat a healthy meal. When you put something on a wall, and I would put something on the wall, three goals that I knew I could accomplish. Because at that point, there was nothing I could really do. One of the goals was make, make five phone calls for your career today. Whatever they were, make five phone calls, even for somebody just to get that energy out there. And then the reason I wash so many dishes, man, is because my whole life was out of control. It was the one area of my life I could control. control. I could control cleaning those fucking dishes. I could make sure that that sink was clean. So I would write three goals on my wall every day. And, knew, and so when I accomplished three things every day, as hard as it was, I actually was building my confidence little by little by little by little. And I started to make the goals a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger, until that goal was, you know, write a one-man show. So I would make sure to write five pages a day for this one-man show. And the one-man show is eventually what got me out of the apartment. But I try to tell my kids that too. Like if you are feeling bad about yourself, give yourself three things you know you can accomplish every day. But that's the only thing that got me out of that fucking place. Yeah, yeah. It, it was not a good, I mean, it was not a good energy in there at all. Because the mother was gone. Yeah. The kids had stopped asking where she was. Um, how short of a period, because as you were talking about this, I was wondering how short of a period that your life changed so drastically. Because sometimes it happens in life where you wake up in the middle of something and you're like, how the fuck did this happen? It was more of a gradual thing, you know? It really was more of a gradual thing. And one thing I don't do, and i never done, I, like I don't badmouth my ex. Joey knows her. And, I mean, she's just got problems. Mm-hmm. But it was just a gradual thing where one day I woke up I was like well this has she's got to go like this has to change today <coughs> and I think I might have called you man and I was like I'm gonna I'm actually kicking her out I'm actually kicking her out because she had stopped the day I knew I had to kick her out is when is the day the kids woke up the first day they woke up and none of them asked where she was and I was like well then if they're not asking anymore it, this is the day. Her job is over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if she's not showing up enough where they're not asking, if she's not coming home enough, mm-hmm. that's probably a good sign. There's only one way to fight out of a hole, and that's to fight out of a fucking hole. There's no giggling. There's no nothing. You're going to fight out of a fucking hole like you did. That's it. But, Joe, if you don't, here's the thing. If you don't keep moving forward, <clears throat> you'll die. Because honestly, people will just, they'll let you drift to the back. Nobody's going to pick you up and carry you. When I was raising those kids, right? And you had that stuff going on with your daughter. Um, at what point did you realize that I'm probably not going to have a relationship with her? When I left Boulder. When I left that, Boulder, I knew. That soon? That I knew. I, there was no reason for me to stay. I knew there was no, it wasn't going anywhere. I realized that I was fighting for something that I didn't want. I was fighting for something. What, what would I do if I had joint custody? How am I going to act anyway? When I'm going to have a kid around three fucking nights a day. What, what am I going to do? How am I going to make a living? I wasn't working. Right. The, nobody in, in Boulder, it's just a set amount of jobs. So when that dawned on me, I said, I got two choices just like you. I could sit here and be unhappy and work for a sports betting service and be a fucking mutt with these guys. 
because half of those guys are having nervous breakdowns right now. Yeah, you their fucking you, karma ate at those motherfuckers from taking people's money for no reason. I mean, I, I'm not even kidding you. I wish I was kidding you. Those no, guys I remember are you talking about those guys. Up. Yeah. So now I'm a father. The kid sees me when she's ten or twelve, and she sees I got a long fucking face, the way you see every parent that's unhappy, because seven out of fucking ten parents, you know, they're in a grind. You know, and, I, and like I said, I always respected the fuck out of you because you could have sent the two kids that weren't yours back and just had yours. You took everybody included. And I mean, uh, you know, I was telling Felicia and I was telling you, like, when I watched you on TV with Jacob last week, it condemned my situation. As a lot of podcast listeners don't know, my wife is pregnant. So she put it on Facebook yesterday so I could say this Congratulations. Shit. Fuck that. So, <laughs> so it's really funny that, you know, I had a kid with Kathy, and it didn't work out. And because of that, I was always very off on kids. I liked other people's kids. I understood what happened with my situation. But when I met Terry, I was like, God damn, if I should have a kid with anybody, it's this woman. I have been smoking dope for 30 years. I wrote that part of my life out. Like, mm -hmm. I wrote the daughter out, and I actually wrote out that I would ever get a woman pregnant. Because every woman I was with was fertile as fuck. And I'm shooting loads in them, those cocaine loads, and ain't nobody getting fucking pregnant. <laughs> but the fucking, the fuck, <laughs> it's, uh, it's right now, I, I, one of the reasons why I didn't marry Terry for a long time, and in fact, we're going on our 13th anniversary next year, and next week, was because I always thought somebody would knock on my door when I was 49 or 48 for something I had done. Like, I've always thought this. Like, I've always thought that. Someday I was going to call Felicia and go, Felicia, I'm at Federal Holding, all right? They found out about this thing. The podcast is over. $75 Can we do the month. podcast from here? Do the podcast. I, I've always lived like that. And nobody's going to knock on my door, but look who knocked on my door, fate, to give me a second fucking chance. So I think of you because I didn't have a kid. I'm not going to have a kid when I'm 20. I'm basically going to have a kid when I'm fucking 50. That could either be a curse or a fucking second chance. Right. You know, I don't know what to describe it. Look at Felicia's over there loving it. <laughs> because what I do was, you think? I was telling Joey yesterday, and I told this to Terry too, I love that life gives Joey a fucking ride. You know what I mean? Life has always yeah. given me, and it's always given me a ride for me to learn. Like right now, I'm fucking learning. I will tell you something. Like, uh, you used to be, you know, with, with, so much, with the amount of coke that you did, right? And the way you lived, to me, you and I, t I would tell my brother this. I was like, I feel like Joey is just living to die. Like he's waiting. He doesn't really. I, I was for a long time. You hit yeah. it on the head. From fucking you, 17 to 30, bro. Dude, you know what you said to me? I, there the were a couple times. Fuck, wanted to live after that. I didn't want to live yeah. after 30. I didn't think I would live. Well, that's what you. And you know what? He would say, like, uh, there were a couple times where we had thought about doing something illegal, but he said, you know. He was like, if anything happens, by the way, I'll just go to jail. And you, you know, he was like, you got a family. I got nothing. And he would always say, you got a family. What do I got? Who's gonna care if I go to jail? But I was like, this guy really thinks that, like, I, to me, you were living to die. Like there was nothing. No, there was, was no. Nothing. You weren't holding on. When to you have no family, and you right. have nobody at home. What, what are you living for? Yeah. You might as well put your balls on the line and live as hard as you can. Well, that's what you, know, it, that's you can't what live you hard doing. when you have children at home. Yeah. You can't go out and smack somebody and shoot somebody if you got kids at home. You know, I always, even when I was younger and I was doing crimes at 17, I would tell my buddies, if we get caught, don't worry about it, just run. I'll yeah. take the beef because 
you guys got nothing. I got nobody to fucking, you know. I know you t send me 10 bucks a month. I just took the fucking beef for you. So I know I'll be fine. I'm not scared to, you know. I've never been scared of there's a lot of things I'm not scared of. This motherfucking shit I'm scared of. I know you are. I know you are. I'm scared. One part of me is scared, and one part of me is I'm going to let her down. Because in the back of my mind, I don't have patience for a kid. I have patience for your kid because I can't fucking throw him off the ledge. Right. You understand me? But I don't have patience for a kid. When I got to go, I got to go. You know what I'm saying? When I got to go, I got to go. And I would leave Kathy there with the kid for breakfast. I tell her at 7, we're going to leave at 8. At 8, she's still putting jackets and hats. Drive yourself, you know. I don't understand that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, <laughs> you watch The Sopranos. Uh -huh. There's one thing, I love Tony's character and whoever wrote for Tony. Because when I, when I watch The Sopranos, I know that if somebody wrote for Tony, there's other people like that. One of the last episodes, do you remember when he got shot? He went to yeah. Sharippa's and she goes, he goes, where the fuck you been to Sharippa? And Sharippa goes, Tony, you know how it is. I gotta put the car seat and find the hat. And he goes, no, I don't. I never did that shit. He looked at him straight up. I'm one of those guys. Like, I'm gonna work hard, but I ain't doing that shit. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Like, and, and when he said it, I loved it. I go, I get it. But then, <sighs> I don't know. Change is afoot, Joey Diaz. Oh, I know, I know. But I'm because one of those she goes guys to work that, every day, right? Huh? She goes to work every day. She goes to work now. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in the future. I don't know what's going to happen in a year. I'm just trying to put as many moves as I can together right now. A to year, you mean ball. six months, right? Yeah, six months. It feels like a year. Now, at that time, you were waking up with Jakey at night, changing him. I did everything, getting, yeah. Getting up in the morning. Took everybody to, took school, everybody to school. And then trying to figure out a way how to make some money. How to make some money. Well, but, you know, for a while we did that peanut butter and jelly. That was hysterical. You would deliver peanut butter. I still owe the account like 80 bucks from the U. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? Well, I had to figure out a way in the summer because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money. And I couldn't pay for childcare, but I couldn't get a job that if I got a job the only job I could get would have just paid for the child care you know uh -huh. the child care cost. yeah child care is so expensive so I had to figure yeah. out a way and I couldn't send them to camp because I didn't have any money so I had to figure out a way to make money when they were with me so I I, I started a peanut butter and jelly <laughs> delivery service uh -huh. where you could get peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and fluff or peanut butter and honey and yoo-hoos and an apple or some cookies or whatever just a, like a bag lunch but the, uh -huh. the main thing was the peanut butter and jelly and what would it would come with a note from your mom? Uh -huh. Like I would write a note from your mom, and so I people would ask, I go, how do you want the note? My, <coughs> mild, regular, or spicy? So mild was like, have a great day, I love you, mom. You know, regular was like, you know, I found the Playboy under your under your mattress, love mom. And spicy was like, your father and I are getting a divorce. I think you're kind of cute. Come see me tonight, love mom. Like some whatever. Right, it's just right. things to fuck. They enjoyed it. Like, and they that that's why they got it. Now I had the kids. We would, we were like a, uh, it was like a conveyor belt in my apartment. Like they would help pack it up and all this stuff. And, and uh, then I would have them deliver it because they got better tips than I did. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'd smear a little dirt on their face, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we, the thing was actually going, like I was paying for shit. And then there was a knock on my door one day. Because people were ordering it. They loved the kids. They loved the PB&J. I mean, at one point we made, do you remember we made like 400 for the Fox lot? There were sandwiches all serious? over my apartment. Okay. So one day I get, wow. this, I get this knock on my door and I tell my, and they're putting sandwiches together in my living room on the floor. 
on a blanket, uh-huh. right? Watching Blue's Clues. And, uh, <laughs> oh okay, and my, and my, my, my son had his shirt off, right? My oldest son. And so I'm in the kitchen with my shirt off making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, like a peanut butter on my chest. And, and I hear, is your father home? And I walk out and there's a guy in a suit. Uh-huh. And he goes, is this PB&J? I go, oh, we don't, we don't dine in. Just, we just deliver out. Just give me your order and we'll have it out to you. He was with the health board. And he goes, are you running? And he saw three kids between the ages of two and seven putting <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches together on the floor of an apartment. Watching Blue's Clues. No gloves, no nothing. Right? I'm shirtless with peanut butter on my chest. And he's like, are you delivering these? You're making these for people? I'm like, yeah. He goes, this is, this is not good. You have to, there's nothing legal about what you're doing. You have to stop this right now. Like today has to be the end. And I was like, but this is how I make my living. He was like, not anymore, man. Like he was like, this is so illegal. I can't even, you are breaking every single code. Every single code. Plus he goes, do you have a business license? And I was like, no. Do I need one of those? And he was like, are you kidding me right now? Have you paid any taxes? I had tax, like I figured out the tax on the bill, uh-huh. but I just kept it. Like I needed all the money I could get. <laughs> so I was like, plus taxes. <laughs> So I charge people for tax. Right. But, uh, yeah. That, man, that is was, funny. It was, it was Did a, you get in trouble, trouble? Did you have to go to court or anything? No, like the guy was just yeah. like, close this fucking place <laughs> down. Put a shirt on your kid. At least put he some... He probably gold. goes and has beers with other food inspectors, and he's like, you're not going to fucking believe this. Oh, uh, it was <laughs> ridiculous. And he was, he was doing that in catering. And we would cater for a guy up by Cahuenga. He's still there, or he moved. Food fetish. Food fetish. He moved. And he would uh, give us these lot jobs. So one day Josh calls me. He goes, listen, you have to fucking cater for me. Just come over and take my car, the red uh, Saturn. Saturn. So I go down there. He goes, just come to the house. I'll leave you the keys. Go down there. It's two hours. It's like 12 to 2 or lunch break or something. It was right by Melrose, by that club where White Lightning yeah, yeah, used yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. throw Jamaican parties. Yeah, it was yeah, across yeah, the yeah. street. It's not there no more. So I get back there, Felicia, and they have those sternos and so something happened at the end of the catering, and I'm just catering. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm the type of guy, if like, hey, something's going on with that. Just throw it away, dog. Why fuck with it? Just we're going to leave you in an hour. Yeah. So there's hot oil in the bottom of this thing, and there's a garbage can. I'm just sitting there in there. They're taping something. I go, what am I going to do with this hot oil? So I asked the guy, what did he do? He goes, walk it down the block and put it in the sewer. Fuck you, my friend. I took that hot oil, and I threw it in the garbage. I packed everything. As I'm pulling away, they're like, stop, stop. There's a fire. I caused a fire in the fucking thing. And they're like, who lit that fire? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I don't the, fuck. the fire department was there. It was fucking crazy. That's, it was every day. It was a new adventure. Every fucking day. And I would go to your house. What time would I get there? Nine. Yeah, early. Five to nine, I get there. What's going on? What's for breakfast? Nothing, man. Fucking. What do you think's for breakfast? Fucking bread. Peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> and I remember I would take one of those yoo-hoos and he would get pissed off. Oh. You got to pay for those. <laughs> you got to pay for those, dog. What's the most you ever made in a, in a week doing that? In a week? Well, I made like those three, I think it was 350 or 400 sandwiches for Fox. And I would do like anywhere from 8 to $10 a bag plus tips. I mean, for me back then, you know, twelve hundred dollars was a lot of money. Oh yeah. And so I think around twelve hundred with those four 
after I, you know, pay it off. Look, you make 500 sandwiches, you get to buy a lot of fucking peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah, we, we, we made enough. They loved that job too, the kids. Because they would get all the money, all the tips. Oh, they got good tips. I would walk in, they'd be like, eh, loser. You send three kids pulling a fucking red wagon. Oh, best investment I ever made. Red wagon and ripped jeans. Just they look like homeless kids selling, selling <laughs> sandwiches. At any point in there, did you think this wasn't going to work out for you? Every day. Did you have your doubts, really? Every day. Every day. Every day. I didn't. I was like, I have no idea how I'm getting out of this apartment. Every fucking day. But again, man, those those little goals that I set for myself, really, because every time I accomplish one. The next day, I made them a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. I shot a little bit higher, but ne- especially at the beginning, I never wrote anything down that I didn't think I could do because I couldn't handle not. At that point in my life, I couldn't handle not achieving it. It would have. Uh, it was, you know, when she first left, man. I maybe had two hundred fifty dollars in the account. She had cleared out everything else. I mean, we had nothing, and I had no idea what I was gonna do. So go. I remember that first day when I wrote my goals. Goal number one was get up. That was it. I knew I could do that. I knew I could get up, get the kids to school, make dinner. That was it. Three things I knew I had to do. Well, what the fuck? I mean, at that point, my life was nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. Nowhere near. And I was literally flat broke with three kids with no job was it hard for you to hide your heartbreak from them I you would have to ask Joey I always thought I came across as around them anyways happy but I I mean I I, I think so there were days that were just unbelievable and there were days and you know it was hard enough just trying to be a comic. Yeah. It's hard enough just to fucking be a comic. Just to talk to managers and agents and try to get spots. This is our first year here. We were going by sound. We were just learning the fucking steps. But for him, it all included a kid. Not only did he have to go through all the moves we were going through to get comedy and write. And, and like I said, when you have a kid and he gets up every two fucking hours, when do you write? But also, you remember when you try to get stage time when you first get to town, it's a lot. It's it's all about being out mm-hmm. and waiting. Yeah, I didn't. How did you do that? I couldn't. I could not be out and wait. That's why I ended up. I, I hustled those two rooms. You know, the first new faces the improv ever did was our new faces. It was ours. We convinced them. We were like, I can get people. People want to be on stage here. It's it's no big deal now, but it was the first thing. Those first 10 new phases, we sold out. So we did that and we did the union. So I, I knew to get stage time, I had to have my own room. And then by having your own room, other people with rooms who want stage time. We'll trade off. We'll trade mm-hmm. off. So I wouldn't have, they, I, would, I would say, yeah, 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 you can do a spot at the union. That's cool. I need to do an 845 spot. Like I need to be. I don't care what's happening. If By people the way, are running your their life, died, huh? Huh? Sam Brown died. Mm, I know. From what? 
pancreatic cancer. That young fucking kid. His he had a six month old kid. His baby was two months old, and he found out he had pancreatic cancer. And that's how quick that happened. I mean, yeah, man. 40, <clears throat> I think of Sam Brown because he used to put us up at Luna Park. Luna. And we used to have to switch with him. He, he had a great scam. He would charge everybody to get on. He was making some good money. Oh, my God. He was fucking putting it together. Yeah. We were at Luna. We were at Willie Barcenas. We were at Felipe's. It's such a journey. And if you sit for, with somebody for an hour and tell them about what you were going through, they look at you and go, why were you going through this? There were so many other options. But for us, there wasn't. You know how it is. There mm -hmm. isn't an option. I want to do stand-up. This is what, a day job? What are you fucking talking about? What day job are you talking about? We're fucking comics, Well, bro. here's the thing. Like, I, my, always, my thing was always, I'm not going to quit. They're going to have to ask me to leave. Like, this, they're going to have somebody's going to have to say, you, should, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be here. But as, so as long as nobody was going to ask me to leave, I was going to keep doing it. Right? Was I mean, you? I suppose at some point in time, if they had gotten older... Maybe I would have had to finally try to make a decision, but I mean, you just keep doing it. I mean, you you find if it's what you love, like that's the beautiful thing about podcasts now. And if you if entertaining, right, and creating is what you love, you find a way to do it. Right, it's true. Right, for someone to say I can't do this or I can't get on stage or nobody, then you're not trying. Especially now, especially now. If you you have a voice, people can hear. Like, there's no excuse now, because look at this. How many people do you think listen to your first podcast? Three. <laughs> and so, how many? But you got people who who love your show. But that's another thing about having that niche, dude. You build the niche, you build it, and they will come because people want to hear what you have to say and what you have to say. Right. Well, I like today that we're talking about being positive because honestly, I the last week, I've been feeling a little down. And so it's nice to remember there are simple things like the, the do three things in a day rule because it's true. Like our, you're saying you wrote a script by writing uh, five pages a day. Mm -hmm. It's just something, you know, that takes so little. You forget that if you, even for a short period of time, if you just stick with it, it does make something. Yeah, and you know what we do in general as people is when you get stressed out, right? You're generally stressed out because of 80 things. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no way you can do 80 things at once. But if you do that thing where you go, I'm going to do this one thing today, and you knock it off, it's like writing a script. When you <coughs> think about writing a script, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of pages. Oh, my God. But if you say, okay, an average script is 105 pages, and I'm going to write five pages a day, well, inside of a month, you have a first draft. Just I'm going to write five pages a day. Good, bad, shitty, the worst, five pages a day. And by the end of the month, you're going to be done with the script. By 20 days in, you're going to be done with it. It's really, yeah. It really is amazing when you put your mind to something like that. But you that. just got to, really if you look at the, if you start to think of it, all the of it. The big picture, yeah, you, you won't do it. No. You won't do you it. You can't do it. But you I like that it. you're saying... Uh, you know, in the beginning, it, it literally was get out of bed. Yes. You know, because sometimes you get to that fucking point where, you, you know, if you put too much on yourself, you're not going to achieve that. But if you just, you know, put your mind to something super simple. But Joey's right. Like, the mind is the most powerful thing. 
without a doubt. So if you are not achieving anything every day, whether you write it down or not, if you go through days without achieving things, that's how people slip into depression because they can't think, they don't think they can do anything. If you set three goals, right, and as simple as they are, and you do them, and you make it a little harder the next day, a little harder, you are tricking your mind. You are beating your mind. You're, you're, yeah. You are telling your mind, oh, I can do this. Oh, look what, I accomplish these three things every day. Your mind will start to believe, I can fucking do whatever. And that's basically, like, I haven't always done that. I started doing it in that apartment. When I was uh, 20-something, I went to work in Boulder Toyota. And I still talk to Jim Handy till this day because he, he gave me goals. And he would say, most people go, I want to be rich. Mm-hmm. I want to sell 20 cars this month. I want to do 20 sets this month. He would go, don't write that. I want you to write, how the fuck are you going to do 20 sets this month? You got to get on stage five times a week. Start with that, you know. Until this day, I still do that. And I talk to him every 90 days, Jim, and we compare. We talk about goals. Like mm-hmm. He's like, you're still doing it? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do it every 90 days. I do it monthly. You know, I look at shit. You know, every year I, I want to do 300 sets. I don't even talk about money. I won't put, like, I want to be a You still do that? What? You would, you, you would, I remember you doing that. I yeah, love I that you did that. I have to get my 15 sets. Yeah, week. you have to. I don't understand a comic yeah. that. Well, you didn't care sta- where you got on stage. Doesn't how much matter. time? Doesn't matter. He was like, I have to. Doesn't matter. It would matter. be Saturday night, and he was like, I need Doesn't matter. three sets. Tonight. I don't understand. Uh, 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 listen, if you live in Michigan, and if you live in Sandy, if you live in Michigan, if you live in Arizona, and you're a, an aspiring comic, you know, I never understood how you could look me on the face and say you're doing something on a Saturday night. No. That isn't comedy really. I've never understood that. I, I've never understood that. When we were in Seattle, when we were in Seattle, I remember I would go, okay, I'm going to stay home this night. And I'd go home, I'd shut my door, I'd sit down for five minutes, and all I could think of is that there were other people out there beating me. Beating you. They, they, there are other people who aren't sitting in their house right they're now. They're not sitting in You, you have to assume they're not at their fucking house. And that's why I, don't, I never understood. When people contact me, you're going to a wedding. It's a Saturday. Mm-hmm. No. I do comedy on Saturdays. But I don't give a fuck about your family. It's Saturday. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's the mental toughness you have to have. I've never, under, you know, especially here, like you said. Oh, yeah. First 18, when you go to a rehab, what's the first thing they say on the way out? Got to go to meetings the first 90 days. Your first 180 days here, you got to go out at night. Not to mingle at the improv to talk to Chris Titus. I mean, you got to go to the library where we used to go by Coenga, right there by the bar. There oh, used to yeah. be a thing yeah, there yeah, 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 with yeah, books yeah, yeah, with yeah, six yeah. people <laughs> with the hippie chick. You got to get the fuck out. So when somebody oh, says to me they want to be a comic, and I go, what are you doing on the weekend? They tell me they're doing something else. My mind blows up. Yeah. So when they call me and say to me, bro, I'm not getting those spots, I say to them, you shouldn't have gone to that fucking party Saturday night. I'm old school. No, I'm with you. You're I'm not getting you. those spots, you, you know, but I know you're doing the dancing down in Santa Monica. I know you're fucking around. I never understood that concept. Yeah. Because I went from being a kid with everything to having nothing. Like people come to you and go, oh, let's try that restaurant. That's great. China Deli for five fifty. They give you a special that rocks. I don't have time to fuck around with that restaurant because your cousin Lulu told me it was good. I know China Deli is gonna give me. You follow me? Uh-huh. So I go with what works. At some point in your life, you can't take a fucking chance. I can't eat curry, whatever the fuck. I know that this is the direction. I know in my heart what needs to be done. Yeah. And that 
Everybody in this world knows what needs to be done. We beat around it. And if you stick to it, you do it. And that's it. You just do it. That's it. There's no... I, I, I just never understood those things. I never understood comics that didn't do this or didn't travel. I never... But nothing eats my crow more than somebody who calls me and says things aren't going on. But I'll see him at the improv drinking at the bar. Yeah, you you want to can... fucking get me? That's how it gets me. But you can tell the people who want it. Right. And yes. who are just here because they... Right. What was that little muscle-headed kid who was he was down at the comedy show forever? Maybe like this tall with just like short hair. It looked. <coughs> I don't remember his name, but he would hang out at the comedy store, hang out, drive around, and maybe I saw him on stage once. But he would never wait in line on for Sundays. He wouldn't do the belly room. You know, one of those guys who already was in town for a month. He was like, I don't do that shit. Well, you better. You fucking better do the belly room and wait in line on a Sunday. He didn't do any of that. Somebody else will. Yeah. Somebody fucking else will. We all know what needs to be done. But we're like, ah, oh, this week I won't do... You know, I'm a fat fuck. I like to eat, so that means I got to go to the fucking one. Today, I was hurting, I didn't, but he got to fucking go. And that's what a lot of... That's why this town is very hard for some people. That's the other end of it. I'm very proud that I stuck it out. If you would have told me 15 years ago that I would still be here, yeah. i go, you're fucking crazy because I was so insecure. But after I looked around and said, these guys are fucking mutts around me. You know, they put too much into a lot of this shit here to make people seem very important. Well, he's a great actor. Well, so is Queen Latifah. And she walked off the streets of East fucking Orange, okay? There was no Stanislavski in right. her life and no... Okay, she's the fucking Clarol girl, and she's 92 pounds over fucking weight. Tell her she can't do something. You know, tell these people they can't, and that's the pattern I worked off of. People think too much here. It's too much thinking. Ain't that much thinking. If you could pick up a glass and fog it, you could do stand-up, yeah, and but, you could fucking... But they're thinking because too many people are doing their stand-up or whatever. Uh, be, look, I would tell people all the time, like, they say, what's the most important thing about comedy, you think? I go, well... If you're going to be a comic, you can't write jokes because you think other people will think it's funny. Right? But that's how people walk around. They walk around worrying about what everybody else thinks about what they're doing, what everybody else thinks about their art or their comedy, instead of just going, this is who I am, and this is how I do it. And, it and takes a it. long time to come to that point. Yes, it absolutely does. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. does. But once yeah. you come to that point, you see it for what it is. Yeah. You see that nothing really matters. Listen, you made a great point to me. We were talking with Rick Dukeman at the improv and he was talking about that kind of his material was hacky. Remember we had this conversation uh -huh. he used to talk about his kids and shit and he goes, there's really no hacks. It's what, how you present that material. It's your world. So how can you be a hack if you, everybody's got fucking kids. You're not going to talk about your fucking kids. Right. You know, it's how you present it. It's your television set. It's your fucking world, you know. So you talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. When Mark Babbitt, I don't hire people who do fart jokes. You're not in the business no more. Mm -hmm. You're not in the business no more. So that, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, we need 18 laughs per minute. You need to dick up your ass <laughs> is what you need. Just take that shit off your fucking mind. I, I taped a show last week, comedy show. And the producers were like, everybody was dressed up nice. So I came from work. And they said, let's see your wardrobe. And I, I had a T-shirt. Was this at the W? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. So I had a T-shirt. Uh -huh. I had a hoodie. And I had a track jacket. 
And they said, oh, that's not going to be okay. It needs to be a little more dressed up. They said, uh, what about this button now? I said, no, I don't wear those. They said, what about this polo? I said, no, I don't wear those. I said, though, I do actually. I live 10 minutes from here. And they said, oh, you're going to go home and get some other clothes? I go, no. I'm either going to wear this hoodie or I'm going to go home and have dinner with my kids and you can find someone else to fucking perform. And he goes, you're not going to change your clothes. I go, I gave you your three options. T-shirt, hoodie, track jacket. If you don't want to pick one of those three, we can shake hands and we're friends and I'm walking away. And he was like, hoodie. And I said, okay. And he goes, and then he goes, but no hat. I go, deal breaker. <laughs> hat and hoodie. That's how that's going. You know who you hired? Like you want me to put a fucking tux on? That shit, no. But they were very much They like were that. tight on the wardrobe I on didn't, that whole show. They I, were tight. That was not how I was yeah. working it. That they were was, tight. That's it. I, they were weird. They were really tight. I'd never experienced that before. The wardrobe for, lady yeah, goes, I they, can't they believe were you, tight. you talk to them like that. I'm like, I'll tell you, tell them, fuck you. Yeah. And then that's it. I do uh, the same now. No, don't worry about what it. What did they make you wear? Uh, well, they, ha- they had to wear, you had to take a picture of yourself and send a picture of your outfits. And then I didn't do it. And then they kind of kept pestering about it. And then finally, I, I sent like two. I had my kid take a picture of me when yeah. I was wearing a dress or whatever. But then at the last minute, I was like, nah, I'm just, I, I won't feel comfortable. I'm just going to wear what I wear. <coughs> and I just took down just jeans and two choices of two tops. And they were kind of pissed. Like, oh, will you wear this paisley right. shirt? And like, no, 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 no. Did, did they ask you? They asked me to send it a transcript of my set too. And I said, nope. And they were yeah. like, well, just how about you send the just what jokes you're going to do? I go, nope and they said, they said well how do we know what jokes you're gonna do i go did you see my set that i sent in and they said yeah i go it's gonna be close to that and they said well that was 20 minutes of material you're only supposed to do five i go well i'm gonna do nine and you can pick whatever five you want out of that and i did i did nine uh-huh. and i said i know the rules of tv i'm not gonna swear i'm like i'm not i'm not stupid i've been here for a long time but i'm not gonna send a joke in and have you tweak my joke you saw my yeah, set yeah i just I couldn't do it. Once you stick up for yourself, yeah, it's a, this town becomes a complete different animal because nobody sticks up for themselves. That's the other side of this town, and that's the side of life. What's the first thing they tell you when you go to prison? You walk in there, you look for the biggest, blackest guy, and you hit him in the head with a fucking stick, and nobody will fuck with you. You know, and the same applies to this town. When you don't give a fuck and you let them know, they're in shock. Now you're difficult to work with. No, we just don't need this fucking nonsense. Yeah. It's like when you do a movie and a PA sits by you. What are you following me for? You got five minutes to get the fuck away from me. What do you mean? Get the fuck away from me. I mean, you follow me? I'm going to go smoke pot. Unless you want to come with me. I don't know what you're standing there like shadow <laughs> me fucking for. That shit just... The, 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 now I don't even play. Like when they call me for wardrobe, I know already. I say, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, you have to come to the Palisades. Uh, no, I'm not going to the Palisades on a Saturday. I live in Studio City. If not, we'll shake hands and part from this ain't gonna make a nigga or break a nigga. Yeah. It ain't gonna happen. And they look at you like I was shooting a commercial one day and they took the brakes out of the fucking car. And the director kept yelling at people. Like they took the brakes off the truck because they had the lights inside, because we had to shoot the commercial in the car. And at one point he goes, Do you wanna try to drive? I go, Yeah, but it's got no brakes. He goes, just try. So when I stop the car, the thing stops rolling. He's like, Hey, Get in the car, stupid. I fucking turned around. I said, who the fuck are you calling stupid, you cocksucker? That was on a Carl's Jr. commercial. I went off. Really? I don't you ever fucking call me stupid, you dumb motherfucker. 
and he just turned purple. He didn't know. He didn't know what to do. He wanted to fire me, but he couldn't. Yeah. Because I was like, don't, don't call me stupid because you'll fucking wear those fucking teeth. And a couple of PAs came up. I'll knock you motherfuckers out too. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my... This ain't Long Beach, bitch. Don't get fucking confused. And I, you know, because I just won't take it no more. These people, once they know they can get you, yeah. and that's in any aspect of life. Anybody knows that they can make you a sucker, they got to continue to press your buttons. When you look at them and go, you know what? Suck my motherfucking dick. I was looking for a job when I found this one. Mm-hmm. They respect you. Not at the time, but three or four months they later, they'll go, Jesus Christ, you don't fuck around. Be, hey, man, I was looking for a job when I found this one. If you're listening to this podcast and I just take from it that just believe in what the fuck you do and yeah. everything will pass, bro. Everything passes. You think you're sitting there in the worst position of your fucking life and you close your eyes and you go to sleep and you have belief the next day and, and it's amazing the things that can fucking happen, man. Thank you, Pops, for coming on and congratulating me on my kid and I'm going to learn a lot from you. And Good uh, luck. Yes. If it wasn't for you, I would have fucking thrown her and the baby out the window, but... I mean, you know, I, you, we, I got people at my house that are available for babysitting. Oh, I know. And I'm uh, at the point where I want to overcome this. Like, I really want to do this. At first, I was a little, I'm still a little fucked up about it. I'm going to do it my way like Sinatra. And that's it. Don't be fucking looking around the walls, Felicia. My I, I, uh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you very much for coming <sighs> by today, Josh. Me. If you guys out there uh, liked what you heard today, whether it made you laugh or give you a, a, a moment to pause and think about uh, something that's useful in your life, life, do us a big favor and go to iTunes and leave a kind little thought in the review section because that helps drive our numbers. Can I give my Twitter? Yes, you absolutely may. It's at Josh Wolf Comedy. Follow me. Follow them, cocksuckers. And now for worth, <laughs> my friendly sponsors. Do you have an itch in your nutsack? Are you feeling a little dizzy? Go to ballcancersucks.com. Read up on what's going on. Order a t-shirt. Read up. Support yourself. But most important, go get yourself checked out because I think one out of fucking six people get ball cancer. So if your balls are feeling a little rough, if you're banging them and they ain't bouncing, they ain't got the bounce they usually have. Is it one out of six people or one yeah. out of six balls? One out of six people. Okay, so, so not three people and six balls, but six, six people and 12 so balls. One out of six. So go down there and get checked. <laughs> yeah, also, awesome. go to sure. see our friends at TaintedVisionArt.com. They got some great new stuff along the webpage. I'm going to meet with Derek this week. And that's it, Felicia Michaels. By the way, if you're thinking about buying anything off Amazon, we have a little placard on our website. Please go through that. Uh, it's uh, they give us a little bit of something, something. And the documentary where I my, my where I got my balls from is now officially on Amazon. It's seven ninety nine. Go support. And beside that, Felicia, September, uh, July twelfth, July eleventh, we will be at Cobb's in San Francisco. And July twelfth through the fifteenth, we'll be at the Sacramento Punchline. So come on by and say hello to myself, and Felicia. We'll have shirts available. I'll be in Nashville at Zany's June 28th to the 30th. Two nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One show Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. Done. Done. You're out of there. I'm out. I'm bringing, I'm bringing the wife. Yeah. Nice. Bringing the wife. We're leaving, leaving late on Sunday. I'm going to take her down to the where they, you know, they, they get those 24-hour... That whole... You've been to Nashville? Yeah, it's really cool. So I think the street's called Broadway, but they right. get those 24-hour country bars. Right. I want to go to Nashville so bad. It's so good. Yeah. I'm going August 15th, and I'm excited. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited. But don't eat a fried... But they, last time I was there, they made me eat a fried bologna sandwich. Where? 
In Nashville, that's like their late night. Dude, I yeah. grew up on fried bologna. I would never oh, eat a fried bologna. They're disgusting. It, it tasted like someone shit yeah, in my, my mouth the next morning. Yeah, my wife likes bologna too. I don't oh, like bologna yeah, is I don't the worst. That. Oscar Mayer bologna and my shit. My dad loves bologna. Uh, One time I was in a like some kind of store. My dad went to the deli and he's like, "Yeah, I'd like to get a half pound of bologna." And the woman like takes it out and slices it up. They still sell that shit. But yeah, slices yeah, it up. Yeah, they still sell that. Rust. And the woman's like, "Okay, twelve dollars." And he's like. Twelve goddamn dollars for a half pound of bologna, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I have to say that in the apartment we ate some bologna, <laughs> but we would we would cook it the the bologna. Oh, was, you could dope it up. You could yeah, dope up we, bologna with some mustard and yeah. some onions, like and a also, motherfucker. You know, mac and cheese with a little bologna. Oh please, yeah, come <laughs> on. Let me tell you something. I'm a liverwurst freak. You are. I love liverwurst. Oh, I'm I white my bread. My mom used to love liverwurst. Ooh, you are. American like, cheese. Yeah. You are a Jew. I like liverwurst. I've Ger- Germans they eat it with boiled potatoes and butter. I don't like that, but I like liverwurst. <laughs> boiled potatoes. That's yeah. where you lose mad flavor with boiled potatoes. <laughs> I ain't no fucking yeah, Irish. No, How out. many pounds of potatoes will I eat before I die? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the Flamingo Kid. Yeah. 1984. That's a good fucking movie right there. And that's it. All right. Job well done. Job well done. Stay black, guys.